Well, hey, let's grab our Bibles. If you have one of these journal Bibles or your own Bible, grab your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 8. I'm going to start us off by reading our Bible story for us this morning. So we are in Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 1. It says, In those days, when again a crowd, a great crowd had gathered, and they had nothing to eat, he being Jesus, called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd, because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way, and some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and having, having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd, and they had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people, and he sent them away. And immediately he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha. So stop right there. Finally, finally, a miracle about food. If you know me, I love food. I love talking about food. I love talking about restaurants. But I don't know if you've ever been to one of these really fancy restaurants, maybe the kind that you might go to for Valentine's Day, and you order something and the food shows up, and you look at it like, is that all of it? I remember a few years ago, I was in Greenville, South Carolina, and it it had been a long day, and I was really hungry, and I met some friends at this uh, rooftop restaurant at this swanky hotel in downtown Greenville. So we show up, I'm really hungry, looking at this nice menu, and something caught my eye. Duck and waffles. Now, I love chicken and waffles. Love chicken and waffles. Some of my favorite things, right? Fried food, carbs, liquid sugar. Amazing. So I ordered the duck and waffles. It came out, and this is what it looked like. If you can tell, but that's like a golf ball-sized piece of meat and about half of an Eggo waffle. And I looked at it, and it looked great. And honestly, it tasted good, too. Both bites tasted amazing. (laughs) But I knew immediately that's not going to be enough food. I knew it would not sustain me. I knew it wouldn't satisfy me ultimately. I knew that within an hour, I would need a cheeseburger. Some of us actually think this way about Jesus, about church, about Christianity. Like it looks good and we like it, but we know deep down it ultimately won't satisfy us, that it won't really fill us up. It won't be enough that we will need to go somewhere else to truly be satisfied, to truly be filled up. Oh, we like Jesus, but we need something more. 
Because what we often do is we experience a hunger in our lives or what we might call a lack where we feel like we need something, we're missing something, something isn't enough for us. In the margins of our Bibles, let's jot down the word lack, L-A-C-K, lack. See, we all experience lack in our lives. Lack is seeing how little we have and how little we have to offer the problems in our lives and the problems in the world. We would call it lack. In our story today, the disciples realize that Jesus is asking them to feed thousands of people with very little. The text tells us 4,000 people, but what we know is that the ancients often only counted the men in the crowd, so you might double the number accounting for women and children. Maybe 8,000 people that needed to be fed with seven loaves of food. They realized they had a lack. So in your Bibles, let's circle the word how. The word how, Jesus, uh, in verse 4, they asked Jesus, how is this going to be enough. And that's the challenge of our story today. How will Jesus solve the lack? And this last year has revealed a lot of lack in our lives. It's revealed a lot of lack, lack of time, lack of patience, lack of friendship, lack of exercise, lack of faith. Some of us have had a lack of ability to keep a job, a lack of ability to pay bills, a lack of social connections. We have felt a lack when it comes to our parenting or our schoolwork. Like we have all experienced lack over the past year. And when we experience lack, it makes us anxious and confused and stressed and fearful. It reveals that something is missing and we're stressed because we don't know how we're going to fix the problem. In our story today, the disciples are confused and anxious because they're experiencing lack and they do not know how they're going to solve this problem. They don't know how they're going to get enough. And that's why they learn and we learn in the story that when we bring our lack to Jesus, we find that he is more than enough. When we bring our lack to Jesus, we find that he's more than enough. So we're told that the crowd had been with Jesus for three days. Let that sink in. Have you ever listened to someone teach for three days? It doesn't take us that long to, to binge watch a show on Netflix. Three whole days out there in a desolate place. And Jesus knows they're, not only are they hungry, but they're in a tough spot. You see, there were no 7-Elevens or Lunds and Byerleys close by to go pick up a meal. What Jesus says is essentially, it's been three days, they're really hungry, they're not going to make it. Go feed them. And any story in scripture where Jesus is feeding people by multiplying food is meant to draw our attention to a previous story. So in your Bibles, take, take it out and in the margins write, Jesus is the bread of life. It's a really critical statement to understanding this text. Jesus is the bread of life. In the Old Testament scriptures, God had rescued the Jewish people out of Egypt and he leads them across a desolate, massive desert 
Obviously, a desert is a place where there is no easy access to food. Not to find food or to make food. So they're in a tough spot in no way to feed themselves. And so God ends up feeding them by every day delivering to them a bread that we call manna. They called manna. So they didn't have enough to eat, and they found that God would provide for them, that God would provide enough. And so this story in Mark 8 is an unmistakable reenactment of that story, that Jesus is the bread of life that satisfies and satisfies God's people. Now, you might have already thought to yourself, aren't there multiple feeding stories like this in the Bible? And you might have also thought, wasn't it 5,000, not 4,000? And you'd be on to something. Because there are multiple feeding stories. And if you went back just a few chapters earlier, you'd see a feeding of the 5,000. But there's an important difference in these two stories. And the, the important difference is where they take place. So the first story, the feeding of the 5,000, takes place in what we would call Jewish land or Jewish territory. But this one takes place somewhere else. So let's, in the margins of our text, let's write the word Decapolis. If you need to know how to spell it, just go back into chapter 7. Decapolis. So Decapolis was an area northeast of Jerusalem that was primarily a Gentile area. Gentile being a catch-all word for anybody who wasn't Jewish. So everyone else. So this miracle took place in Gentile territory. Now, let's also circle the word seven both times it shows up in our text. Verse five and verse eight. Because in the Jewish culture, numbers often had theological, theological significance. So seven loaves, seven leftover baskets... Seven was the number for fulfillment or completion or wholeness. And so this story is happening in non-Jewish territory and is in some way about completion or fulfillment. And what that means is that Jesus is the bread of life, not just for the Jewish people. He's now the bread of life for the whole world. It's like if in the 80s, you really loved Starbucks coffee. But the only place to get it was to go to Seattle to Pike's Place Market. But now, a few decades later, you can get it anywhere. There's like five within a mile of here. Right? It used to be for a select market, for a certain group of people. Now, it's like it's for everyone. It's available for all of us. Jesus is the spiritual bread that is enough for the whole world. And they're learning it's for those who are like them and also for those who are not like them. Jesus is the spiritual bread that is enough for the whole world. He is enough for the lack in our lives. We all experience lack. Some of us even experience lack when others might look at us and think we have everything we need. And for us, it's still not enough. But we all experience lack in our lives, and we all learn that we need to bring our lack to Jesus. Even things that we are somewhat supposed to be trained at, efficient at, effective at, good at, we still find ourselves in a lack. Like for me, every, almost every weekend I find myself up here talking to you all. And I spend time every week preparing for that. 
And it's something I've been trained to do. And yet anybody who's ever prepared a message will tell you, you can always add more. You can always change it. You can always rewrite something. You can always edit it. In fact, sitting over there singing, I'm thinking, why didn't I say that? Why didn't I say that? Why am I not saying all of these things? You can constantly edit it. Every Sunday when I get up here, it feels like a lack. It feels like it's not ready. But I have to come and ask God to make enough of it. A little more close to home. At the end of most days, a lot of weeks, I go home and I feel like I'm bringing a lack home with me. Like I feel exhausted and tired and mentally like I just need to check out. And I feel like I'm bringing a lack home as a husband and as a father and as a neighbor and a friend. And I have to ask God, I have to ask God to multiply it for it to be enough. That my lack would be enough to love those who he has called me to love. It's not about just getting my act together, but about me saying, Jesus, you are capable of something that I am incapable of. In our story today, the disciples, they come to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, there's not enough. What are you going to do about it? If you ever ask Jesus, hey, Jesus, what are you going to do about it? Just know he's looking right back at you, right? He's looking right back at you. And my favorite part of this story is that even though the disciples have already seen Jesus take food and multiply it to feed a massive crowd, they still lack faith. They still lack faith. But what I love is that Jesus doesn't say, guys, get it together. If you get enough faith, then I can feed this crowd. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus takes their lack of faith and it's enough. It blows my mind. He uses their lack of faith. Because when we bring our lack to Jesus, we find that he is more than enough. The good news is that Jesus solves the problem of our lack by offering himself. He doesn't tell us to figure it out to make ourselves stronger, to overcome our lack. Because face it, even if we tried, we would find that the lack runs deeper than we even realize. Instead, we need someone to show us that the lack has power over us. That we are enslaved to the lack. That we think that someday we'll be able to conquer it. That we'll be able to take our lack and make more of it. And Jesus sets us free from the need to fix our lack by saying that he is enough. Jesus rescues us from our lack and becomes enough for us. I want to invite you this morning to take your lack to Jesus. Whatever lack you have, take it to Jesus. Here's a few questions to start thinking about taking your lack to Jesus. The first, what do you lack? Where do you not have enough? Where are your margins thin? Where do you constantly find yourself anxious that you don't have enough? Again, maybe even in places where others would look at you and think you have plenty. Where do you lack? What do you lack? Second question. What might God want to do with your lack? 
I mean, I'm tempted to look at my lack and to pity myself. Oh, I wish I had more. But what if God wants us to see what we have that he might desire to make much of? What if in our lack, we're called to see that Jesus is enough and that he will provide? Third question, how might God use your lack to bless others? How might he use your lack to bless others? He uses the disciples' lack of faith and calls them into the work of distributing the food amongst the crowd. Jesus is the source, but he calls the disciples to spread that Jesus is enough. The Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard said, the true Christian is the one who becomes a sacrifice in order to call attention to the truth that Christ is the only true sacrifice. To lay our lack before him so that others will see that he is enough. To, to call people to see in our lives what God desires to do in theirs, that if, if God has demonstrated that our lack is more than enough, then others might see that he is more than enough for them. One last thing I want you to see about this text. In a story where Jesus does something really unexpected, he multiplies seven loaves of bread to feed thousands of people. He does something very expected. As a Jewish man, he stops and he gives thanks for the meal. Now, in Jewish culture, much like ours, you primarily pause to give thanks before a meal to say, God, I'm grateful that you have provided. Let that sink in for a second. There are thousands of people. God, I am grateful we have seven loaves of bread. Jesus gives thanks for not nearly enough. Let that sink in for a second. It makes me anxious, to be honest. Like, my family loves to throw parties and have people over, and anytime people are coming over and we don't have enough of something, I, like, lose my mind. We don't have enough forks. We don't have enough paper plates. There aren't enough hot dog buns. Whatever it is, right, not enough drinks. Let's run to Costco and buy a thousand. <laughs> it would be like if Jesus was throwing a party and he had like 40 people coming over and he had eight hot dogs. And you're like, hey, Jesus, I don't, I don't really know if that's enough. And Jesus is like, it'll be fine. Here's the thing. It's not, it's not great advice for hosting a party. But it's great advice for your life. Do not... Spend your life chasing what you do not have. Do not spend your life wishing you had something God has not given to you. Do not spend your life calling upon Jesus, but then not really trusting that he is enough for you. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. They're going to lead us in a song as we close, but I just, as, as we sing together, as we close, I just want to encourage you. Where do you have lack in your life? And where do you need to know that Jesus is enough? 
Not that Jesus will give you everything your heart desires until your heart desires Jesus. That Jesus will be more than enough to satisfy you all the days of your life.